Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Thanks for joining us on this extra episode of The Briefing. Every weekday, Arvo at three, we'll be dropping an additional ep into your feed so you can stay up to date with everything going on in the world right now. Today, we're going to introduce you to one of the 12,000 people who are stuck in a cruel no-man's land in Australia. This group is made up of refugees who came here for a better life, but were denied permanent residency under the previous coalition government's so-called fast-track process, a system which has since been labelled a rubber-stamping machine for refusals. So while the Albanese government has announced plans to offer people on temporary protection visas a pathway to residency, these 12,000 people remain stuck in limbo and forced to make individual representations to the minister, who is the only one who can grant them the opportunity to apply for permanent residency. And here's the thing, most of them have been here for over a decade, building homes and communities. Some were even born here. Many are not allowed to work and don't have access to healthcare, welfare or higher education. Every day this week, they'll be staging a sit-down protest outside the Home Affairs Minister's office in the Melbourne suburb of Oakley, urging Claire O'Neill to grant them residency in Australia. Today on this extra episode of The Briefing, I'm joined by 16-year-old Iranian refugee Tanya, who was six years old when she arrived here by boat in 2013 to learn about her fight to make a permanent home here. Thanks for joining us today, Tanya. Really appreciate your time. Explain to me then what life is like for you and your family. You live here and you have for the last 10 years, but you don't have easy access to, you know, the basic necessities like healthcare, welfare, you can't work. How have you guys managed to survive here for 10 years without those things? For me personally, I'm so incredibly stressed and kind of hopeless for the future because, you know, I grew up here. I considered myself Australian for so long. I wasn't even aware that, you know, we were different from anyone else because I was so young. My parents, they pay tax. We have contributed to Australian society so much, but all of a sudden next year, I want to go to uni. I'm in year 11 right now. And I find out that I can't. I don't have the right to an education. And it's it's incredibly unfortunate and devastating, actually, because I'm completely hopeless for the future. I, don't, I, I can't grasp a future in which I'm happy and fulfilled without a visa. Mm. Tell me about your parents and their decision to come to Australia. Tell me about your family, your siblings, who is here and what do your lives look like? So in Iran, as you know, with the Masa Amini protests right now, Iran is like an incredibly oppressive uh, dictatorship. It's especially devastating for young girls and women because of all the mandatory laws and ridiculous things happening. People people are, die at the hands of police for, you know, not covering their hair. And so my parents wanted to protect me from that at a very young age. When I was six years old, my brother was only six months old when we got on a boat. And it was it was a tiny, pitiful boat. Uh, all the men were <laughs> had to be um, on the outside of the boat almost. And all the women and children were on the inside. But only, only the extremely, extremely ill and infants had enough room to lie down. You know, at six years old, I spent three days at sea. And I, I sat up for three days straight next to my mother. 
I don't think that's a trauma any any child should uh, experience, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not a choice we made. That's that's not a we didn't want to be put into that position, but we had to. We had no other choice, and so now I'm here and I'm negotiating my rights with all these government representatives, and they all just like shrug and they're like, oh well, there's nothing we can do because of the way you came to Australia, but. <laughs> you're supposed to be in a position of power, you know, like why, why does it matter which way we came to Australia? No one, no one puts their children on a boat unless the water is safe in the land. We didn't choose to come here under like those circumstances. We just had to for our survival, you know? I guess for you guys, the feeling is, well, if the politicians can't make the decisions, then who can? Which leads me to your protest this week. Tell me about what you're doing and what you're hoping to achieve. So um, under the uh, fast track policy, all uh, like pretty much the previous government just neglected all of our cases for three years straight. None of our cases have been like we. Okay, um, so nine thousand people got their cases approved, mm-hmm. and twelve thousand didn't. So they've kind of split us in half. They've destroyed like torn apart families um, because the system is so rigged and so incredibly unfair and there's no like regulation on how the cases get accepted or like denied we find that people from the same boat people in the same family exact same situation like one part of the family gets accepted and the other doesn't the albanese government was elected with the promise that they will replace these unfair immigration assessment authorities the iaa but they just haven't done anything. I understand, though, that there was a change announced in February this year that would allow a pathway to permanent residency for some asylum seekers, but your group, the 12,000 who were protesting, were not going to be granted that pathway. Is that right? They haven't really given us any, like, anything. We're stuck in limbo, you know. Mm. They've, They've just told us, oh, you know, when your case gets through out of the court, you can reapply for this and that and but our cases are stuck in limbo and they're stuck in the court and there's nothing we can do about it there's they're not giving us a definite answer they're not giving us any certainty for the future uh they're just saying like oh you know whatever happens happens uh it will happen eventually we don't we don't know they they haven't given us any answers and we're tired we're we're tired because we don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Every day we wake up and, and we don't know if we're going to get deported, if we're, if we're going <laughs> to get accepted. Like we, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's why we're protesting. We're protesting. It's not only us Iranians. There's people from Sh- Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, Pakistan. There's so many people here that escaped torture and death and oppression. And they're here and protesting for us to get our rights. It's the least we deserve. And this might be a hard question to answer given what you just said, but what does the future hold for you if you're not granted permanent residency? What do you think that looks like? I have so much anxiety about that. I'm honestly not sure. I'm in uh, VCE year 11 right now. And instead of studying for my, you know, exams coming up, I'm sitting here protesting uh, during my school holidays. I have holiday homework to do, but I'm here from Monday to Friday, nine to five, protesting my rights because 
with without my visa, I, I I'm nothing. Like I can't do anything. I, I don't have a future. Yeah, no. We feel so much for you, and it's such a devastating situation. What would it mean to you and your family to gain that permanent residency in Australia? How would it change your lives? It would mean everything. It would mean that my my grandmother, she's still in Iran, and we still fear for her safety and her health. We hope if we get permanent residency, we could get her here. You know, we could we could save our family. I could I could go to uni. My mom could work at a hospital. There's a nurse shortage right now, but you know they're not letting us work. They're not letting us study. Like <laughs> it would mean everything. It would mean endless opportunities if if we got to get a visa. My sister, she's she's eight years old. She was born here, and she doesn't have healthcare. Is that not ridiculous? Yeah, and it's a plight that I think a lot of people in Australia support that you guys are fighting for this. And we wish you all the best for your protest and uh, keep us posted on how you go. We'd love to keep up with you, Tanya, and your family to see, you know, how that progresses for you guys. Hopefully you have an answer soon. Thanks so much for joining us on The Briefing. Thank you. That was Tanya, an Iranian refugee who is protesting outside the Home Affairs Minister's office all this week, hoping to be allowed to apply for permanent residency in Australia. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill wasn't available for comment today, so we reached out to the Minister for Immigration, Citizenship and Multicultural Affairs, Andrew Giles. He provided us with the following statement, which does not address the 12,000 refugees who are currently in limbo. The government has provided a pathway to permanency for temporary protection visa and safe haven enterprise visa holders. This decision includes a pathway for all those in the legacy caseload who are ultimately owed protection. If you'd like to support the plight of these 12,000 refugees fighting for permanent residency, you can sign the change.org petition. The link will be in the show notes for today's episode. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. Tom and the team will be back tomorrow morning at six. Listener.